Hey there, thank you for listening to Say Less presented by the Watchtower Media Network. If you want to contribute, drop us a line on our contact page or email in to inbox at wtchtwr.com. We're always on the lookout for writers, editors, podcasters and plenty more. So if you're looking to get involved with all the happenings at the Watchtower, let us know and we'll take a look at whatever you might have to offer. Make sure you follow us too at Watchtower underscore media across all the socials for all the latest pop culture with a view. Right now, say less with me, Aaron Casanova and Mihir Kole coming up. Okay, say less. Episode seven. It is time for another week of tips, recommendations, and reviews from me, Aaron Casanova, and my esteemed co-host Mihir Kole. Mihir, let's get straight into it. My pick for something yep. for you to watch last week was Last Chance You Basketball on yeah. Netflix. Tell me what you thought. So I'm going to start off with saying probably the most important thing about this show for me is that. It convinced me to continue watching it, you know? Um, the first episode onwards, you know, you either drop a show or you keep watching it. And this show is one that I will keep watching. And I think that in itself is commendation to the show. Uh, I thought it was really well made, honestly. Not too much uh, faffle, not too much drama, just the right amount. Uh, and all the, um, I don't know if I should call them characters or, or pe- people is probably a more appropriate term. All the people in the show, extremely likable, extremely lovable. Uh, the coach, uh, every time he's on screen, I it's like a little adrenaline rush uh, and you can, you can see his feelings. And the characters, so, so far, I know three of them because there's the ones, they're the ones they focus mostly on episode one, Deshaun, um, Malik, and I think it's Joe, the one they, they talk yeah. about at the end. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, you know, the way they were hyping up these, these guys and saying, you know, they're really good at this, really good at that, but also kind of bringing in some of the things that they weren't so good at. You know, sometimes they can get in their head. They've got, you know, had shitty childhoods and can't do anything about that. Or, you know, they struggle with academics, things like that. Um, I think it's really entertaining. I, I really enjoy it. I'm going to continue watching it for sure. Very good. And you got through one episode. Yeah. Okay. There's eight in the run. I think you're going to really like it. You get to see a bit more of their stories, their backstories. And of course, you get to see the season involve as we approach March 2020, which is obviously when everything changed. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to all the... I'm guessing there's more drama coming. Of course. Of course. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to it. I think the first episode was a really good kind of gripper, so to speak, to get you into the series. So I will... I'm definitely going to finish that. And um, my pick for you for last week was also another series on Netflix called White Gold. Uh, starring Ed Westwick and the uh, half of the cast of the Inbetweeners, kind of a comedy show, complete opposite of of uh, Last Chance. Years. What did you think? Um, so I should just make a disclaimer: it's not a Channel Four series, which I thought I thought was a lot in the ilk of the Inbetweeners. Uh, it's yeah. actually a BBC series. Either way, I had a good time. It reminds me a lot of Home. In the sense, of, <laughs> it reminds me of the guys who, when I was a kid on Saturdays and Sundays, going down to like um, Romford Market and the guys 
shouting about the pound a bowl or um, <laughs> fruit outside. Um, there's a lot of charm to it. I've watched a couple of episodes already. It's funny to me how James Buckley and Joe Thomas are basically playing the exact same characters they are in the <laughs> yes. Inbetweeners, just with yes. really <laughs> awful moustaches. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of charm to it. I agree with what you said last week. Ed Sedgwick is the key to the series, mm. not the other two, as I thought they might be. Um, it is a shame that there's only 12 episodes and it's 22 minutes a pop, but that in today's era makes it a really easy binge watch, as in, you know, you can For flick sure. on an episode during your lunch break. You don't have to pay too much attention. There's no, you know, world-ending storyline over the course of the first six episodes and the second six. For people like me who grew up in this country, there's people you recognize from loads of other different things. So like the guy who plays Barry in Four Lions is mm. the guy who owns Cache Windows. Uh, there's also a guy who was in Cap the Catherine Tate show. Yeah, it's a nice watch. I think for 12 episodes at 22 minutes a pop, I think I'll be able to um, yeah. flick it on every now and then. You know, It won't be yeah. one that I'm going to delete off my watch list anytime soon. <laughs> it's a nice enough show. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a shame because um, they cancelled the show because uh, Ed Westwick had the, the whole um, sexual assault scandal around okay, the filming maybe that's during good, yeah that's maybe yeah. that's probably a good reason to not watch it then yeah it was during the second season that's why you know i watched the first season when it came out which was what 20 uh 16 17 and the second season didn't come out for another three years because of the, the whole shenanigans but yeah it's only two seasons there's not going to be a third so you don't have to worry about committing to this show because it's, would, it's I, finished okay i didn't know that i would have appreciated knowing that going in but either way if you appreciate it as a show in itself without knowing what goes with it then you know it's an enjoyable enough show yeah for sure <laughs> which is fair all right so those were our picks for something to watch each so let's get into what we chose for each other to listen to over the last seven days my pick for you mihir was the boy genius ep by yeah. julian baker phoebe bridges and lucy dacus now i happen to know for a fact because i'm snoopy that you listened to this EP pretty soon after we finished recording last week, last mm -hmm. weekend. I did. So tell me what And uh, I listened to it again today. Um, so out of the, well, there's six songs here. There's only one I liked. Uh, and that was Me and My Dog. And that's because about a minute 20 into the song, it, uh, it picks up. Uh, and I've mentioned this before when you've um, recommended me indie songs, uh, that I like music, which has... I know more and more funk in it, more noise, more instruments going on. Uh, and the other five songs are, are kind of, they're slow. They're more focused on vocals and uh, mood rather than, you know, noise and, and all that composing and different instruments coming together. So that's my preference. Uh, me and my dog, I did like. Uh, the rest, not so much. So that's my, my takeaway from this album. That's fair. I think that the point of the EP and the whole sort of vibe is that it taps into that kind of evolution of indie that we're going through at the moment, which is a lot more downbeat. It's a lot more introspective, uh, more appreciative of people's emotions. And I can yes. get why that can be a hard sell to people because these three artists in particular, um, Phoebe Bridges, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus, they specialize a lot in terms of making that sort of 
really introspective music. And I can understand why that doesn't necessarily appeal to people as much. Yeah, I think it's just a, it's just me, to be honest. I think, you know, if you threw this out to a hundred different people, you know, you'd get polarizing views as is with most music. Uh, it's just not my preference when it comes to music. I don't like slow things because uh, I want it to be a reflection of my life. And if I listen to melancholic, introspective songs, then that has an effect on my mood. And I start to feel sad, uh, which, you know, is not, it's not a feeling that, I, it's a feeling some people like to chase. You know, I like to sit in their room late at night, turn the lights down um, and just, you know, get in their feels. I'm not the kind of person who likes to do that. So that's, uh, that's just me, I think, at the end of the day. That's fair. It's not for everyone. Like indie isn't for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Isn't necessarily for everyone. Speaking of not necessarily for everyone, <laughs> what did you think of uh, Under Pressure by uh, Logic? I know you have some opinions on this. Oh, so I tried to give it another chance just now while I've been cooking dinner. It's just, it's not, I don't like it, man. (laughs) Like I told you in the week, it's, he's like a Kendrick impersonator who got lost on his way to the mall. It's just, it's (laughs) it's really not for me. The song Under Pressure is very long. It has a vibe of, it would fit in well on Kendrick's, I think it's 2013 album, Good Kid, Mad City. It would fit in well on that album if it was by Kendrick and it was different and it was sung or rapped better. I have a lot of yeah. general issues with it. It just doesn't feel sincere. I understand that it's a really reflective piece of music, especially one that's, you know, nine minutes long. Yes. I appreciate that. It just, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of problems with it. But then again, the thing is, it's only a one. It's only one song on an entire album, and you know, I don't have to listen to it again. So. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. No, I, I did. Uh, I did talk to you about you know the point you raised where you said he was a kind of a mall ch- cheap Walmart Kendrick or <laughs> something along those lines. And um, while I do agree that you know there's lots of lots of similarities with Kendrick, and people have strong views over. You know whether or not they like Kendrick, and I guess you're one of the people who does like him a lot. And in that case, this this song might you know fall short because you'd think, well, you know, it'd be a lot better if the guy I like actually actually wrote it and <laughs> sung it or rapped it. Um, but you know that's completely fair. Um, I will, you know, I I'd still suggest people to just have a listen because uh, I think the lyrics, just the lyric, the text itself is really good. And it is Logic's last album, so you know even if you don't like it, you don't have to worry about any any more music coming it's, out of him. Wait, it's his first album, isn't it? Because the one with One Eight Hundred comes out after this. No, so I meant um, I meant to say that Logic just uh, finished, okay, yeah. and he's he's now retired, so he's not going to be making any any more music. And you know, it, it 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 does talk a little bit about you know when you think when you contrast it to the the lives that rappers go through, and and even last chance you it's a very similar perspective in the way they they grow up and the challenges they face and i think this this song does paint some of those problems that he went through and the complications and pressure that he's under and things like that i think it's just a good idea to listen to to see what kind of problems the people you follow you know your favorite musicians and stuff have to go through it's not just him you can say for a fact many other musicians have similar problems that is fair i'll give you that yeah okay so let's move on finally to our wildcard, which last week was chosen for us by the Watchtower's very own Saljas Das. It was an anime series, which is way out of my ballpark. 
Uh, not so much <laughs> out of yours. Great Pretender. Let's talk about it. we got a few minutes. Why don't we talk yeah. about it? I watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, and it's out of my kind of wheelhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of charm. I wanted to know what you thought as more of a... You're more in tune with the whole kind of anime... Mini well, um, I mean, uh, so I'll tell you now, I haven't watched anime for quite a long time. And the the, the thing is, the, the animes that Netflix makes, you know, the Netflix original animes, differ mm-hmm. so much from the the japanese animes because the the difference is the japanese animes don't cater to the international audience the the studios that make them don't you know they don't give a shit what the americans the europeans you know think of it they really don't care that's not the audience they're catering to but netflix on the other hand is so netflix tries to make these animes more suited to western audiences so they you know you have more of those those elements in there in this anime itself you know you have a lot of characters who aren't inherently Japanese you know you've got American characters uh, you've got some Latino characters as well uh, and I think that's one of their ways to kind of make it more relatable to Western audiences I watched the first arc so I think it's called the Los Angeles Connection yeah uh, I th- it's five episodes the first five and I told you that the first episode is really slow it doesn't pick up the, sh- the series doesn't pick up there and you know I have a mind to say that the series doesn't even pick up until the first arc is over but episode three onwards, it got really entertaining. That's That was my opinion. I think some of the ways that the audience, the audience and the main character kind of have the same breadth of knowledge in this show. You don't know any more than he does because that's the guy you're following. You don't ever get to switch perspectives and follow the, the gangster or follow the, um, the, the other characters in the show. You only follow the main character. So when all these twists start coming in from episode three onwards, you're just as surprised as he is. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. I, I did have a problem with how many twists there were because <laughs> there were a lot. You know, you expect one or two, but then the third comes and then the fourth and they get bigger each time. And, and at some point you feel like as the audience, uh, you're just lost. You have no idea what's going on. Just like the main character has no idea what's going on. But I do think based on the ending of episode five, that episode six onwards is going to be more of a, like a team heist situation. Because I think the first arc was just introducing everyone and kind of talking about what kind of people they are. I think episode six onwards is where you'll get that teamwork and you'll get more coordinated heists and things like that. It's frustrating that you say it picks up after episode three because I've only watched episodes one and two. Um, Mm. But the thing is, it's like what I said last week. For a genre that's done in time and time and time again in so many different countries, it has to be exceptional for somebody who's not normally a fan of that genre for it to succeed. So, for example, as I said last week, both of you, both you and I like Money Heist, which mm-hmm. is a heist show, but with a Spanish kind of inflection. It's the same reason why all of the Oceans film was such a success and same reason why Lupin, which is the French version basically of the heist series has been such a success too. To me, it didn't appeal so much because for it to have clicked with me as an anime, it needs to pretty much knock it out of the park instantly. And like you said, animes tend to need a couple of episodes to bed in for them to set the scene. Yes. Maybe it's one of my things maybe it's just how our generation is i don't 
necessarily have time to have a couple of episodes to bed in. Whereas again, we go back to it, things like Money Heist, the first 10 minutes, you're in. You're like, yes, yes, let's go. They are heisting before the second ad break. Yeah. And the Great Pretender, necessarily part of the tradition, I guess, of animes, it needs a couple of episodes to bed in. I just didn't get into it. But I can understand that why that's why way it is. I think you raised two good points there. I think the first is them trying to grip you and attract you from the first episode, which Money Heist did. And I think Great Pretender attempted to do that, you know, with the scene of him being uh, hung upside down over the Hollywood sign. I think that was their attempt of saying, oh, look, mystery, what's going on here? The other great point you've raised with, I'm guessing it's also a generational problem. There's so many things on Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, BBI player, if you have that, and multiple, Disney Plus, whatever you want to call it. Um, why would you watch the first episode and then ever watch the second if you're not gripped by the first? Because there's about a thousand different things you could be watching. Um, and if the series doesn't manage to grip you in the first, then that's just them losing out on potential audience, you know? So I think those are two really good points that are made. You do have to stick with it to kind of get the full benefit it's an interesting discussion, uh, probably for another day, probably for a different episode of Say Less. Either way, yes. <laughs> those were our picks on episode six. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at our choices for this week, for episode seven of Say Less. Mihir, my pick for you to watch this week. So you just mentioned Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure if you have <laughs> Disney+, Plus, but it's a movie that's on Disney+. Plus. You might need to buy a subscription. It is another Oscar-nominated movie. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's one of, I think it is the best looking film I've ever seen. Try and watch it on as good a screen as you have. Don't watch it on your phone. Oh, don't worry. Watch it on like yeah, your yeah. computer monitor or something. Directed by Wes Anderson. It is the 2014 comedy drama film, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Let me run you through... Just the cast. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let me run you through the cast. Ralph Fiennes, Adrian Brody, Willem Dafoe, Stacia Ronan, Tilda Swinton, Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, <laughs> Bill Murray, Leia Seydoux, Owen Wilson, and Lucas Hedges are all in this movie, along with plenty more. It's some of the best cinematography I've ever seen. It's an utter <laughs> delight to physically watch, and the story is great. There's loads of humour. There's loads of heart. So many different characters. You're going to see people left, right, and center that you recognize from all sorts of different things. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Well, I'm glad you recommended that. I I do remember seeing it when it came out 2014 in cinema, but I've I've completely forgotten about it. The memories are not there anymore. Um, so I think a rewatch is 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 due, and um, I look forward to to seeing it because I I did have thoughts on it, which I which have eluded me now, but. I think a second watching will will help in that regard. But I am still excited because I remember in the in the big cinema it did look absolutely amazing. The setting was so well made. So I'm looking forward to seeing that again. I've got a pretty nice screen now, so it should be good. My recommendation for you, Aaron, for this week is a movie on Netflix. It's a thriller. It's called The Platform. It is also a Spanish film. Ah. Um, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, although I don't, you know, I've never trusted them and don't really care about the ratings, but <laughs> it is it is an amazing reflection on our society and our life, but it's taken in a 
in a rather interesting setting. Uh, I don't know how much I can divulge to not ruin the story for you, but I think what you can know is there is a prison mm -hmm. where people can choose to go voluntarily. If you spend a certain amount of time in the prison, you will be given something in return. The main character in this case wants a college degree, but doesn't want to spend four years in college. So the people at prison say, well, great, you can stay a few months at this prison. If you make it out to the other end, you get your college degree. There's different people in there for different reasons. Uh, the prison is separated into many floors. Um, the exact number, I'm not sure, but there's at least 200 plus of them. Uh, and every month or every few weeks, you're randomly moved to a floor. Food comes down from floor one, stops there for a few minutes, then goes to food floor two, stops, floor three stops, you get the idea. If by the time the food comes to your floor and there isn't much left, well, you know what happens. You have to survive for a few months, get what you want. And uh, you get a partner as well. So it's two people per floor. And uh, it has some of that Spanish grit as well, which I think you enjoy from Money Heist. <laughs> I think you will really enjoy this film. I don't think it's that long, probably an hour and a half or something. Entertaining the entire way, it'll have you at the edge of your seat. And I think it's, I think you'll, I think you'll really enjoy it. Interesting. The platform. I remember seeing the banners and the trailers yes, on Netflix yes. when it came out. It's an interesting concept and the topic really appeals, obviously, as it's, again, goes back to the idea of, you know, you leave behind what you are able to, but it depends on how selfish you want to be. I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. I'm really intrigued. It's also interesting that it's a Spanish take on it, not necessarily, you know, American, like most other things <laughs> are going to be. I, yeah, I think an American take would be a bit, I think you'd know what was going to happen because, you know, the Americans are a very capitalistic, individualistic, self-centered society. So I think you'd get kind of get a good picture on what the characters would do. But I think when you when you talk about Spain and then the people who live there, I think they've got a slightly different view on everything. Europeans in general have a slightly different view. You know, it's more like kumbaya, good for everyone. You know, we've got universal healthcare, education, things like that. America's got a very different perspective on things like that. So I think it will give you a different insight. Interesting. Okay, so those were our picks for something to watch for each other. Let's move on to what we have for each other to listen to. Mihir, for once, I don't have a full album or an EP. I just have the one <laughs> song. So this was brought to my attention by an advert, actually, on Instagram. Very much a case of right place, right time. By a band called Martha Gunn. The song is called It's Over. <clears throat> to be honest, you should probably listen to a few of their other songs, like Honey, Let Me Know. Martha Gunn have made this really good indie banger. Less than three minutes. Real energy booster. <laughs> I think you're going to really like it. It's Over by Martha Gunn. Okay, great indie song, but you said indie boost. Uh, you said energy booster, uh, yeah. so you know what? I, I, I'm on board. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check out some of the other songs as well and see what kind of um, artists they are, uh, and I'll let you know what I think. I'm in, excited. Surprised you found it in an ad. <laughs> yeah, they're very much off the beaten path. They only have, I say, only three thousand four hundred forty-eight followers on Instagram. So very. Mm, okay. You know, off the beaten path. Interesting. Okay, we'll definitely check them out. Contrastingly, my recommendation for you for this week is an album, but it's made easier by the fact that I think you 
must have heard a few songs in this album already. It's uh, the last album by Avicii called Tim, which was finished off by his producers and his friends because he died before he could release this album. Uh, so he had a notebook full of notes about what he wanted the songs to be like and some sample tracks and things like that. And his producers took that and finished the album for him. I think there's some really good songs in this album. It's very nostalgic to the, you know, the, the 2010s Avicii sound that everyone was raving about. Uh, and I think it just bring you, brings you back to those days because I think it's so classic. And, uh, you know, Avicii was so so good at what he did whether or not you liked what he did that was a different you know different thing but i think it's worth checking out a few of these songs um some you must have heard either in clubs or in a radio um what are those but uh okay let me just i think um the most popular ones from this album are called uh, heaven and uh sos have you heard of either of those not sos by the justin the by the <laughs> Jones brothers oh yeah sos by <laughs> alan black no, I yes. know, what are those in terms of what are nightclubs? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I think another thing you'll really like is every song in this album has a collaborating artist, whether it be Aloe Black or um, Imagine Dragons in one of them. Um, so I think you've got every song has got this distinct take and uh, is sung by the collaborating artist, not by Avicii. So I think it's worth checking out um, and see you know, which songs you like and what kind of, because they're, they're a bit different, but they have that Avicii feel in all of them. So okay. I thought it was a great ode to Avicii's career and everything he accomplished. Okay. I remember liking Heaven. Um, SOS is a bit overplayed, uh, but, mm. you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a spin. It's a 40-minute album. It's been a while since it came out, of course, as well. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a try. Okay. Yeah. I, did, I remember liking um, True by Avicii, that album, which is obviously his breakthrough debut album. Yeah. Because there were yeah. so many good sing singles on that that you would just hear everywhere. Um, okay, yeah. I'm intrigued. Okay, so that brings us on to the wild card for this week. Last week was chosen by Sajas Das. And this week we have our very own Sophie, the creator of 53 Reads. To pick the wild card for Say Less for both me and Mihir. Sophie, what have you got for us? So today I thought that it would be a good idea to introduce you to one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Drum rolls. It's called Too Tired to Be Crazy. And it's a podcast presented by this amazing woman named Violet Benson. It's all about dating. Uh, well, she lives in LA, so it's mostly focused on dating in LA, but really she gives advice on dating in general for girls. And I thought it would be such a great idea to introduce it to you guys, because then you can get an insight into what it's like from the female perspective in the date on the dating scene. So that was really uh, <laughs> my main uh, reason for presenting it to you today I have received such great advice from this girl which I will apply in the future once we're COVID free um, but yeah I thought it would be a really good idea to have you gain an insight into what it's like in our minds what we think when a guy does something on a date what's a go-to do's and don'ts um, so yeah too tired to be crazy on Spotify and all of the channels. Go check it out. Is this meant to be a shot at both of us? 
No. <laughs> this is how this is how we amplify our insecurities. Uh, <laughs> right Honestly, here. this show benefits the whole of society. I I swear to God, it's so good, so so good. Every week, um, I listen to it and I learn so much, and it's a lot of fun. She has different guests on, guys and girls alike, and it's really, really, really instructive. So yeah, you should go check it out. That's my wild card. <laughs> There's a lot for us to be learning here, Mahir. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was know. thinking. We're gonna have some knowledge imparted, and you know, possibly have a cheat sheet. <laughs> Honestly, though, it for sure it's it's a cheat sheet, dude. <laughs> so we can learn things here. Yeah, we can. Exactly. Okay, now I'm inclined. Now I'm do's inclined. and don'ts on a date. <laughs> Then in a relationship, what's a red flag? What isn't? Like on both sides, um, you'll notice. You'll be able to know when. Like obviously, all people are different, but there are some common signs as to like how a person is reacting when in a relationship. What does that mean, and how to deal with that situation? And I, honestly, it's it's a really great show. It's bold of you to assume that Aaron and I go on dates. <laughs> <laughs> who even goes on dates these days even even pre-covid <laughs> even pre-covid oh, you're roasting yourselves dude <laughs> look there's nothing else to roast we know True. that's yeah me here to be fair that's how we can get out of this we can yeah. learn some things you know things are starting yeah, to honestly, open up again i am a bit now. i am a bit interested <laughs> i am i'm a bit interested you know you've got all of these youtube I, I mean obviously I, I i think these are all bullshit you've got a lot of like youtube tutorials made by <laughs> men um you know and they talk about oh yeah guys this is how you this is how you know what a girl is thinking you know this oh, is what you need I to do on a date um you know you've seen them right they're all over youtube these guys yeah, have millions of subscribers honestly <laughs> they're pathetic though i have to say i hate those guys they know nothing about yeah. you know women and yet they're <laughs> like oh guys do this and then you'll get so much p word because no censoring here uh well actually censoring um but yeah no this this is the real stuff nothing beats this if you want advice on dating it's amazing shoot to the top of my uh <laughs> listening depends how the first episode or two go i might really need to be taking some notes okay <laughs> too tired to be crazy what a title all right thank you sophie you're Excited. welcome intrigued and inflamed by <laughs> this week's choice okay so that wraps up this week's episode of say less let's run back through the set of picks that we've chosen for each other so for me here i chose for him to watch the grand budapest hotel by wes anderson the oscar nominee to listen to the song it's over by arthur gunn my recommendations to aaron for this week were to watch the platform a Spanish thriller film on Netflix, and to listen to Avicii's last album, Tim. And my recommendation for both guys was to listen to Too Tired to Be Crazy, presented by Violet Benson, an amazing podcast. All right, that wraps up episode seven of Say Less. We'll be back next week with perhaps the first ever in-person edition of Say Less. I can't wait. Until then, listen to all things on the Watchtower Media Network. I've been Aaron Casanova. I've been Mihir Kohe. And this is Sophie. We will see you next week for another set of picks, recommendations and reviews. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.